we're going to base our, the message off of today. It's in Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And it says, Jesus entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. And he told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. And then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told, them, told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out and his hand was restored. I love that. I love that story. I love that story. I think today God wants to do a little bit of restoring in our lives. I think there's areas where we could all say that, hey, I could use God's hand of healing on my life. I could use his, the hand of provision in my life. I could use something. We all have that spot in our life, like this man that maybe is a little bit withered. I believe God wants to do some amazing things today. And before we go any further, I want to give everybody the opportunity to have a Bible. We believe that this is the, this is the tool, this is uh, the key to the Christian life, that this book isn't just a book of things that God has said, but it's a, thing, it's a book of things He is saying to us, Amen. that you want to hear from God, you should open your Bible a little bit more. Uh, you can't complain about not hearing from God if you don't read your Bible, because He is talking to you, and He wants to talk to you. And so if you don't have a Bible, our ushers have one, they'd love to give you one, just lift a hand up in the air. But this is something we do uh, pretty much every service, and I don't think it's something you have to do every time you get your Bible out. I think it'd be a little weird if you're uh, sitting in your living room in the morning holding your Bible up, yelling out loud, but we're going to do it together uh, because it, it, it's meaningful and, and it's cool. So just lift your Bible up in the air with me and, and just repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit. From this moment forward, I'll never be the same. Shout, never, never, never. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hey, could you give the band a round of applause for me? They're awesome. I love the band. They do so good. One of my favorite things about our church is our music. I love our music. It's so great. Uh, Pastor Tom and Shelby are in Tulsa, Oklahoma right now with uh, our older brother and his wife, Courtney, and uh, Evan and Courtney are... Uh, joining a year-long uh, program where they'll get intense ministry training, and I'm so excited about what God wants to do in their life, and I think this is the coolest thing for Evan and Courtney, and, and if you would, just pray for them on a daily basis, and it's going to change their life, and, and when they get back here, uh, I promise you it's going to be a completely different they're going to be completely different people, and you're going to see the growth that God has uh, caused them to, to, to just expand in all sorts of areas, and so we're excited for them, and Pastor Tom and Shelby should be back by First Wednesday. How many people excited for First Wednesday? Come on, we got to start the year off right with First Wednesday, and last year we had over 170 uh, baptisms throughout the year, and every First Wednesday we're doing them, and it's just amazing. It's really cool, and, and we got a lot of cool stuff coming up this year. How many people excited for the new year? Come on, 2019's on its way. Only a couple hours left, and I'm excited that uh, I get to preach the last weekend of 2018. Um, I think some people use the term, save the best for last. I don't. That's not what I said. I just said, yes, I'll do it. But, uh, but uh, I'm excited. I think God's going to do some cool stuff. But uh, before we get going too far, you know, in, in February, 
Um, it's the, the two days after uh, um, Valentine's Day. Uh, we're having uh, pastors Max and Connie Gergenti in. Um, and, and you might not know who they are. We just met Pastor Max this last year when the men went up to Spokane for the, for the men's retreat. And, and he uh, pastors multiple churches uh, in Italy. He's, he's all the way over in Italy, and he'll be coming here. He, he oversees Rama Italy. Rama is a, a, a big organization of churches, and they're based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But he oversees all of Rama Italy and has, uh, I think, hundreds of pastors uh, over, he oversees all them, and, and they're going to come, and they're going to do a, a relationship series, a marriage conference. Uh, it's going to be amazing. They, he is one of the funniest guys you will ever listen to. I mean, he's, he's got the, the little Italian accent, and, and he's so funny. He's so funny. So, so just mark your calendars for that, because uh, I know we know a lot of people in the Pacific Northwest that know who he is, and they know he's going to be here, and they want tickets, and we're not opening up the tickets yet, but they will be. So just start marking on your calendar. You don't want to miss that. And that's in February. And in March, we have John Smithwick and his team coming out. And I don't know if you don't know who uh, John Smithwick is. He, he leads a group called Global Ventures, and they're missionaries in, in, all over the country. And I believe right now the, the latest number that they have is they have over one million salvations credited to their ministry and what God's doing through them. It's amazing. And yeah, give that up. That's, that's awesome. It's very, very good. And couple of us got to go, um, I think there's a group of men that got to go to Thailand with them, and then there's a group of women that went to uh, Peru, Peru with them, and, and it's just amazing, it was one of my first, it was my first mission trip I ever went on uh, outside of the country, and, and, and Thailand is a beautiful place, and beautiful people, and I'm just going to continue to pray for them from here, from now on though, uh, because I don't know if you know, it's really hot over there, and humidity was terrible, I mean, you walk outside, immediately you're sweating, and and that's just not how I roll, you know? I'm like, let's go to Antarctica. There's people down there that need Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, so yeah, that's in March, so get your calendars ready. I think God's going to do some really cool things in 2019. Um, and the key is that you would be expectant, that you would have expectations on God. I think God enjoys it when we put expectation on Him. Uh, when, we, when we look to Him and we put our faith in Him, God, God thrives in that and, and it causes us to thrive. And so just be ready for an amazing 2019. Can we do that? Can we be ready for an amazing 2019? I think we should. Uh, a couple years ago, um, I, I was invited to go on a family vacation uh, with my girlfriend, who is now my wife. And, and uh, I was like, yeah, I love vacation, right? Like, who doesn't love vacation? And we're going to Wallowa Lake. Anybody ever been to Wallowa Lake? Yeah, it is beautiful. I you know, I've been a couple times when I was younger, but like nothing to, but I went there that, that time and I was like, this place, they got the big old lake. I don't know if, if you like fishing or boating or, I mean, you take jet skis out there. I mean, it's, the lake is, it is awesome. You could do all sorts of stuff on the water and fishing. Did I mention fishing? Every year I catch a fish and that's all that matters. I just catch one and then I'm done because I'm not going to waste time. You know, it usually takes three hours to catch that one and then, you know, anyway. But yeah, we go fishing and maybe you're not in the waters. That's great because they have horseback riding on all the trails and horseback riding. It's really cool. And they got these go-karts that are really fun. And the food there is, they have this one Thai like truck, like a, like a food truck. Amazing. It is the best crab puffs I've ever had. So good. And we love Wallawa Lake. It was great. And, and uh, you know, and then over the last couple of years, we've done all sorts of activities, but the most memorable year for me will be the very first year we went, uh, because that's the year we did the family hike. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm built in a kind of unique way where I don't need cardio to look this good. I, I don't. I, um, this is 
all natural. I mean, this is it. And, 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 and I didn't want to go hiking. I don't like hiking. Um, it's terrible. Like, who would do that? Who would put themselves through that kind of punishment? And, and, uh, but, but the weeks leading up to the trip, Bree was all about it. I mean, it's almost all she talked about was, we're going to go hiking. And she told me all about the things you'd see on this hiking trip and, and la, la, la. And, I'm, I'm, and so I knew she wanted, and, and here's the thing, I couldn't say no because we weren't married yet. So I had to prove myself, right? I, had to, I was still in the proving area ground. And, and, and so, so, yeah, so we're there, and, and it's the morning of the hiking trip. And, and it's not like 8 or 9 a.m. It's 7 a.m. that we're downstairs, and it's like, hey, scarf your breakfast down because we got to go. And, and I'm not looking forward to it. Like, I don't have hiking shoes. Why would you buy shoes for hiking? You never use them, you know? And so, and so I'm in my Nikes, and, and uh, I hear like an angelic voice from the top of the stairs that says, hey, let's do the short route today. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be good. And, and before anybody could say anything, uh, Bree said, no, we're doing the long route. <laughs> Immediately, like, my heart just dropped. And, and they went back and forth for a few, like, but, but, but if we do the short route, we'll be home by lunch, and then, you know, we could all have lunch together because some people had to leave early that day, and they go home. And, 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 I'm, and I'm, like, doing math in my head, like, okay, Short route, home by lunch, that's like four hours. What is the, and I'm like, red flags are going up. Like, no, this is, we want the short route because that means lunchtime we're here. And, but no, we didn't end up doing the short route. We did the long route. And so we get, we get off to go. And there's probably like 15 of us that start off, you know, all 15 of us going hiking. And, and we get to the trail. And, and not only are we taking the long route, but we take the wrong route as well. Like, like they had trails for humans. To, to walk up and stuff, um, but then they have trails for caterpillar tractors, like, like big machines that just need to go up the hill. They don't have to go back and forth. They go up. So the first mile and a half was the worst like hour of my life because it's straight up. It's like, this is so terrible. And, the, and the, what, it was just terrible. It was, the worst, it was the worst day of my life. So we hiked, we hiked and hiked, and, and not one mile, not two miles, not four miles, not eight miles, not ten miles. Fourteen miles we hiked. We didn't make it back for lunch. We were late for dinner. It was like 7 or 8 p.m. when we got off the mountain. And, and not all of us, only six of us finished. The other seven people were like, yeah, we're out, we're not doing this. And I longed to go with them. I, I watched as they would walk down the hill going the opposite direction, just like, but I knew how bad Brie wanted it. It was, it was about Brie and her, her hiking trip. And, and I realized two things on that mountain that day. One, that Brie's probably not the girl for me. This, <laughs> this probably isn't going to work out in the long run. And, and uh, I forgot what the second one was because that one was so prevalent. Um, <laughs> that one was like, um, but, but it, it, that's not true. We, we got married and but I've never gone on a hiking trip since. I've never been back. I've gone back to Willow Lake with them. I've never been, gone on that. I told her, if you want to go hiking, that's great. I'm taking the Harley. I'll ride. We'll meet up for dinner later because you all, you know. And some people are like, oh, but wasn't it like a beautiful view at the top? I'm like, yeah, sure it was. But nothing that I couldn't have looked at on a, on a phone or a picture. Like, why do I mean, look at that. That's all I need. And I hate hiking. Hate it. It's terrible. Um, it's funny though, because as I look over this last year, 2018, I, I, I like to think about all the mountaintop experiences that I've had. 
And I know you have them too, the, the times where you're able to stand there and say, wow, like, look what God has done for me, or man, look what I made it in. Now look at all these mountaintop experiences in my life, and, and here's the thing is, I, the Bible says that if you're going to boast, to boast in God, and, and, that's what I, and that's what I want to do is, I want to tell you about how good God's been to me. All these mountaintop experiences, not things that I've done, but things that God has done through me, and we have mountaintop experiences, and like, like the first one overshadows all of them. It's, it is the most amazing day of my life, and that was March 2nd, 2018, when me and Bree got married. And it's just a, a mountaintop experience. And yeah, look how, I mean, she looked amazing. And I remember that day, oh, so much of that day. And it was the best day of my life. And I just think about how, I mean, just the close intimate ceremony that we had. And, and here's what's amazing. God was in that room with us. And, and, and the, the greatest miracle I've ever seen is that day. And oh, what an amazing time. And the friends and family that we got to spend together and that shared that moment with us. And Man, I'll never forget that moment, you know? Just God's faithfulness in my life. It's a mountaintop experience. The, another mountaintop experience uh, this year was just a short couple months after that, baby Annie was born. And, and, and look at baby Annie. Look at baby Annie, right? Isn't she the cutest baby you've ever seen? Oh, my gosh. You know, we, you know, me and my brothers, we're, we're, we're realists. Like, we want to know the truth, right? So, we, we, you know, like TJ's asked people, like, hey, I know you think my baby's cute. Like, I obviously think my baby's cute, right? Like, it's a cute baby. But is she really cute? Like, like you know, because we're biased. Like, yeah, it's, it's ours. We're biased. So is she really cute? And we've only gotten yeses. She's, I mean, she is a very cute baby. But, but what a mountaintop experience. And I don't know if maybe if you've ever had a baby or your kids have ever had a baby or brothers. It's a mountaintop experience to, to be there and see new life and well, it's just, just God's goodness when that stuff kind of happens. It's a mountaintop experience. Um, another mountaintop experience uh, that me and Brie have had, that we, bought, we bought a house this year. And, and it's just cool because, you, you know, that's just one of those things that we knew before we got married. We wanted a house. We, we wanted, you know, somewhere to live after the, the wedding. Like, that, that was the big deal. And so, so we traded a honeymoon for a house. We'd rather have a, a really... But we'd rather have somewhere to sleep than a really nice memory of a week in the, the Bahamas, you know. Uh, and it's just cool how it worked out because uh, the, at the time, the market was getting ready to fly, and we got in just in the nick of time, and, and our interest rate was lower than anybody else's. And, and, and just then, we, we were, uh, people wanted to take advantage of us, and, and what the enemy meant for evil, God turned for good, and we got in. And it's just really cool to be able to go to our home. It's just a mountaintop experience, just, just for me and her and it's just all God and everything that he's done in our lives. And, you know, other mountaintop experiences is, you know, me and Bree have never, we've never been in, in lack. We've never been in need. We, we have food on our table. We have clothes on our backs. We have shelter over our head. We have transportation. And, 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 and we don't just have enough. We have more than enough. And, and it's just God's goodness and his faithfulness in our life. It's just mountaintop experience to be able to look back and realize, not because we have so much money, just because God is so good to us. Just because he's so faithful. You know, and this, this last one day, me and Bree participated in one day, and, and a mountaintop experience for us is the fact that we're going to give more to one day than we've ever given in our entire lives combined. Like, and that might not be a big deal, and I'm not trying to boast about how much money we're going to give. I'm trying to boast about how good God has been to us, that we're able to put you in a position where we can say, God, we trust you, and we're going to honor you. And, and for us, it's not about making that much money on a daily basis. 
It's about being able to give that much money on a regular basis. Like that's where we want to be. It's not about getting, but it's about giving. Just a mountaintop experience for us. And, and I'm sure if you would look over the last 12 months of your life, you too could point out the mountaintop experiences. You too could think about the moments where you sat there and said, man, this is amazing. And it's, it's hard not to, as we get ready to go to the new year, 2019, like, like when I found out I was preaching this weekend, I tried not to be cliche and like, oh, let's do a message around the new year. And, but you can't. How can you not think about God wanting to do a new thing in our lives? It's a new year, so why would we not begin to think and thank him for the new things he's going to do in our lives? And so as I think about 2019, I start thinking about all the mountaintop experiences that we're going to have. The year of exceptional, right? How many people believe in for an exceptional year? Yeah. Yeah, so, so think about the mountaintop experiences you'll have. You know, for, for me and Bree, we're believing for a job for Bree, and I know the perfect job is out there. And I can't wait to stand at that mountaintop with her and say, look what God has done. We're believing for exceptional freedom in our finances. I can't wait to say, look what God has done. Exceptional freedom in our relationship with friends, in our marriage, in our health. I can't wait in 2019 to stand at the top of the mountain and say, look what God has done. We love the mountaintop. The mountain of provision. It's God so good on that mountaintop. But as I look at all my mountaintops, I realize that I would have never gotten to the mountain of provision without going through the valley of decision. So you can't get to the mountaintop of provision if you don't go through the valley of decision. And I look at all my mountaintop experiences and realize that if I wasn't in the valley at some point and if I didn't make a decision, I would have never gotten to that high place. Like with my one day offering. So it's a, it's a, it's a mountaintop of provision, God's provision in my life, but it's because I made a decision in the valley. I remember my sophomore, junior year, I got my first job down at the batter's box. And I committed to myself that I was going to be a tither. That the first 10 cents of every dollar was God's. No ifs, ands, or buts. And I cannot think of one time where someone gave me money or I earned money that I did not give back to God what was his. I remember in college, um, I'm working at Lone Star Steakhouse. Oh yeah, best place to work. The rolls are so good. And the cinnamon butter, it was great. And, and, and the thing about being in the food industry in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is minimum wage is $2.13 an hour. Right? And I remember every month walking back to the manager's office thinking to myself, maybe this month they'll make a mistake and I'll get more than a $30 paycheck. Maybe this month there'll be some kind of error and my paycheck is going to be a little bit better. And it never was. You get in the car, my, my Kia Sportage out in the parking lot and open that check up and, okay, here we go. And so you make most of your monies on tips and, 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 and I don't know about you, but Lone Star Steakhouse ain't like a five-star restaurant, you know, and so I get into my car every night and it's, if it's over $25, $30, it was a good night. And so I count my money, I count 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25. Cash, right? You make cash and and every, every day, every night I worked, every day I worked, I would count my cash out and $25, okay, that's $2.50 would be 10%. I pull $2 out and shove it in my visor and 
I'm a little short. Well, pull another dollar out. So I'd, have to, I'd rather go over than not give enough. I'd rather you know, give more to God than, 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 than stiff him. And uh, There'd be times in my life where uh, in college I would be driving my car and, 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 and I needed to get to church. It's Sunday. I remember this. Is a, it was a Sunday. Had to get to church and I had work afterwards. But when I got in my truck, my, my gas tank was on empty. And, 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 you know, walking by faith, right? It's walking where you can't see. It's, 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 it's what is unknown. And so, so I put a sticky note over my, my uh, gas tank so that I couldn't see it. And then the whole way there, I'm just praying, okay, God, you got to get me to church. I'm putting you first today. I'm going to church. I could just not go to church. I could just go to work because I don't have a lot of gas. But I'm going to church today. And, and the whole way there, I'm praying, you got to get me to church. I get to church, make it church. Then the whole way to work, okay, God, you just got to get me to work. You just got to get me. I'm not even looking because if I look, then I'll know. But I'm not, I don't know. I'm walking by faith right now. You know, Jesus, take the wheel. Here we go. And I made it. And all these times that in the valley, I made a decision that led me to the mountaintop. In the valley of decision leads you to the mountain of provision. You can't be upset that you're not at the mountain of provision in your finances if in the valley you don't make the decision to save money. You can't be mad at other people's mountaintop experiences if you won't make the decisions that they made that paved the way. See, one of the things me and Bree decided early on in our marriage, like three months ago, is that, is that we've all been married nine months, so it's like early in our marriage, right? It makes sense. Yeah. So the thing we decided in our marriage is, is that what we were going to do is look at people who were where we wanted to be someday. Whether it's in our finances or career or our, our walk with God, we're going to look at people who are, they are on a mountain that we would like to climb one day. And what we've done is we've sought after these people. And we've learned from them, and we've asked questions, and what kind of decision? And we are making decisions now in the valley before we get to the mountain. Because, yeah, that's cool. See, it's in the valley. You can't get to the mountain without the valley. You can't get to the mountain of provision without the valley of decision. You just can't. So while we're still in the valley... The question is, what choices are you making? And, and it's interesting because I look at the story of the man with the withered hand, and, and just a face value, it, you know, it paints a picture, but you know, sometimes if you go deeper into the text, you begin to see a little bit different sides of things. And I look at this story of this guy with the withered hand, and, 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 and at face value, so like the Bible doesn't give you a name. It's just a man with a withered hand. So that, that would tell you that he probably wasn't anybody of importance. He probably didn't have any stature or significance in the community. He was just an everyday guy. And, and, and some commentaries, uh, a lot of uh, tradition says that he was a stonesman. So he, he at one point had both hands working, and, and he worked with his hands. He, was, he, he, his, his, he provided for his family with his hands. And, and the Gospel of Luke tells us it was his right hand. So if we're going to play safe bets, then it was his good hand that he didn't have. So not only did he not have a hand, but it was his good hand. And not only could he not work anymore, I mean, the thing that he was created to do, he no longer could do. And, you know, one scholar says that they believe that he went to Jesus on that day and said, could, could you pray for me so that I don't have to beg anymore? So when I look at this picture, I see a picture of someone who was at a mountaintop, someone who was at a high, someone who was doing well, but... Now they're not. 
Now they're not doing so good. At one point he had job. At one point he had work. At one point he had money coming in. At one point he could provide, but now we see him. He can't work anymore. He doesn't have a job anymore. He's having to beg on the side of the road. A guy who, who was at a mountain, but now he's in a valley. Who was at a high spot, but now he's at a low spot. See, we hyper-focus on the mountaintops a lot, but we have to look at the valley. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Exceptional isn't made on the mountain. Exceptional is made in the valley. Exceptional isn't made on the mountain. Exceptional is made in the valley. I think my favorite part about the story of the man with the withered hand is that his healing took place at church. I like that. Jesus showed up to church one day to teach, and there was that man. See, what the story doesn't tell me is how long his hand had been withered. It doesn't tell me how long he had been without a job. It doesn't tell me how long he's been having to beg on the side of the road. But what it does tell me is that this day he was at church. What it does tell me is that this day he decided to show up where Jesus was going to be. What this shows me is that in the valley, he's making a decision. And I know it's hard because valleys can be deep in dark places. I can't tell you how many times on that mountain I wanted to quit. Like every step. Especially the time when we're all walking up the mountain and there's, we see other hikers that they're coming down and they all have guns. And I was like, that's weird. I mean, <laughs> in the mountain. And they said, hey, watch out. We saw a bear about a mile up the trail. And I'm like, what? A bear? And they're like, oh, cool, thanks. We'll see you later. And just skipping away back up the mountain. I'm like, why are we going? I really wanted to quit that time. But think about how many times, not just in that moment, but how many times I've wanted to quit in everyday moments. How many times I've been believing God for something and because it didn't go the way I wanted, I wanted to quit. Can't tell you all the times I've had thoughts of failure roll through my head. I should have done that better. I don't know if I'm going to do this good enough. I don't know if I'm going to be capable. The valleys can be so, so deep and so dark. I remember one time I first moved to Bible college in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, and I'm coming off a high, like senior just graduated high school, like everything's great, all my friends, and my, me and my, my family, and we roll down to Tulsa, and we're moving into a new place, and I'm getting a new job, and I'm going to, I mean, it's like an all-time high, like, life is great, this is, this is amazing, and, and then, and then the three people I know in Tulsa go back home to Washington, and then I'm there by myself, and I remember for a while, my, my schedule was work, school, home, work school, home, work, school, home, and then church. And I remember I got into such a low place, such a deep, you call it depression if you want. It just wasn't, it wasn't where I wanted to be. This isn't what I signed up for. Like I'm going to Bible college to, to learn, to, to be great, to, to, to come back and be prepared to do ministry, and, and this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I wanted, and 
things began to grasp a hold of my life, things that I would never want to talk about, things that I'm embarrassed to talk about, things began to, I, I remember I would, I would go to the, I lived in student housing, so at the Bible college, the housing that the, the church provided, and I'm out smoking cigarettes on the back porch, because I don't know what to do with my, I mean, I'm so lonely, I'm so alone, I don't have any friends, and, and, and I remember sitting in chapel one day, and the dean gets up and says, hey, we know, you, we know it's you who's smoking at student housing. You need to stop before we call you out. And I'm like, I wonder who that is. <laughs> Y'all better stop. <laughs> I remember I got to this place that was so low. This isn't what I signed up for. And I think about the valley of decision because a lot of times it doesn't look like anything. Like this is not what this guy planned for. He did not plan to have a withered hand to be begging on the side of the road. And I think about being a Christian in America today. And it's so much, the, the, the temperature is so much, if it's hard, it must not be God. The temperature of, of being a Christian in America today is, if it doesn't go the way I wanted it to, God must not be for me. If my healing takes longer, he must not be the healer. If I don't get the job or the raise I want, he must not be the provider. And I think about this new year that we're coming up on, 2019, which means in a couple hours, a lot of people are going to make a lot of empty promises to each other. Resolutions are on their way. We're so good at making a decision, and we're so good at starting really well, but the moment there's pushback, we turn around and go back down. We're so good at starting in the valley, but the moment we have to start going uphill, we turn back around and go down. You know, they say that only 8% of New Year's resolutions actually come to pass. 8%. And over 50% of Americans make them. It's hard not to look at the spiritual ties that that has to us. How often we make a decision, but we turn around on it. There's a scripture in Hebrews that has really stuck out to me lately, and it's becoming one of my favorite, and it's Hebrews chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. It says, therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated but healed instead. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but healed instead. You know the, the text in here, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees, it's the same verbiage used when, when, the, when the Bible's describing the, the Israelites walking through the desert to the promised land. It's the same verbiage used that when they're walking to the promised land, when they've made the decision to leave the slavery and the bondage behind, that decided that it would be much better to go back to the slavery than to keep walking in the desert. That it'd be much better to go back to the bondage that we came from in Egypt, how easy that was just to be a slave, than to have to walk through this desert going to a promised land. It's the same verbiage used, and the Bible's saying, you strengthen your hands. You strengthen your tired. You know what that tells me? 
It's not my wife's job to keep me happy. It's not my boss's job to keep me motivated. It's not my pastor's job to keep me fed. You strengthen your hands. You strengthen your knees. And, And I can only think of two ways of how to do that. Number one is God's word. Number one is God's word. Number two, it's community. It's this. See, you can't get to the mountaintop in 2019 if you don't have this in your life. You'll find yourself climbing and climbing and climbing and climbing. You end up like the Israelites that say, man, it must be better to go back down the hill than to do this. See, a couple, a couple months ago, I met with a, a personal trainer, and I told him, like, hey, this is the, kind of where I'm at. Is for so long, I've been doing the same thing, which means I'm getting the same results. And I said, I just want some information. I want you to tell me. I, I want to do different things because I want different results. So he took me through an orientation. And, and normally, I go to the gym, and, and, it's, and normally it's chest day, like every other day is chest day. And... And I use about, they probably have 100 machines in there. I probably use about 45 of them, you know, just make my rounds. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a relaxing time. It's my time. If I'm sweating, I'm probably working too hard. You know, just take my time, spend a couple hours, and then I'm out. And, and that's my typical day at the gym. And, and he took me in there, and we used, we used one tool. The whole workout, we used one tool. I can I tell you that that one kettlebell... Ruined my whole week. The whole week was over after one kettlebell. And can I tell you how much alike that is with God's word? That yes, every piece of this Bible you need in your life, every word in this Bible is meant for you. But if you have one word from God, if you just get one scripture to stand your life on, then it can take care of a whole mess of things that you're walking through right now. All you need is one word from God. All you need is one scripture to put your your foot on. You just have a word from God. Community. Together. We say it all the time, together we're better. And it's not just a cliche thing that sounds good when everybody says it together. It's real. That you weren't meant or designed to do this life by yourself. That you can't do this life by yourself. You will struggle and struggle and struggle. The Bible says that the man who isolates himself faces destruction. and You can't do life alone. And that's what I like about the story with the withered hand is he goes to the place where there's the word. Jesus is there and he, he goes to the place where there's community. He goes to church. Because in those moments when you get tired, where it's hard to strengthen yourself, that's what community is for. That's why grow groups are so important. Because you get the word and you get community. You get the word and you get people that are there to help you carry that burden. That's why this 21-day fast that we're doing as a church is important. Because together we're climbing the mountain. Together we're seeking God. That's why church is so important to me. Because it's been in the times where I've been at my lowest of my lows. Where I've gotten a word from God 
and community. People to stand with me, to walk with me. Strengthen your tired hands and your weakened knees. Get a word from God. Get in community. And it goes on to say in the scripture, uh, make a straight path for your feet. You know what that is? That's just making a decision. That's like Pastor Tom this last weekend said that he urged you to write a vision out for 2019. Get a dream board out, things you're believing God for, whatever you got to do. But write the vision out so you can see it. Because what you're doing when you do that is you're making a straight path for your feet. You know where you're going now. You have an eye on the prize. Make a straight path for your feet. You need vision in your life. You need to write it out so you can know. Because what happens is like he says, so that what is lame may not be dislocated. That word dislocated Paul uses it a whole bunch, and, and, and when he's talking to Timothy, and he's telling him to beware because some people will turn away from God. Some people will turn away from sound doctrine. Some people will turn away, and, and that turn away is the same word here, dislocated. It means to turn away and follow another. What happens if you don't make a decision is you end up like Esau who sold his birthright for a bowl of beans. What happens if you don't make a decision, if you don't decide now, you'll end up starting on the path, but somewhere you'll turn off that path to follow another one. And that's what I like about this story. The man with the withered hand is, I don't know how long he's been like this, but what I do know is he made a decision. That he showed up. Where Jesus was, where community was. Where are you at today? Like, like what part of this are you at as you get ready for 2019? Are you tired? Man, you've been believing God for something for so long, and it's, man, my hands are tired, my, my knees are weak. You know, the question, how long am I supposed to believe God? How long am I supposed to have hope? How long am I supposed to be positive? Maybe that's you. Or maybe you're the one that, man, you don't have a straight path for your feet. So every time something good comes up, that's the way you're going. There's no vision in your life. There's, there, you can't see down the road far enough. Maybe it's time that you believe God to open your eyes so you can see who he's called you to be and where he's called you to go and what he's called you to do. Or maybe you're the person that has been dislocated. You're on the wrong path. Maybe you've, you got off the way and Maybe you know it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're just realizing that this isn't the path that God had for me. I don't know where you're at today. But what I love about this is that it says that Jesus told the man to stand. To stand up over here. He says, stretch out your hand. And his hand was restored. You know what that was right there, that moment? That's a mountaintop experience for that man. That's a mountaintop experience. To be able to say, I was there that day. I, the day I decided to go to church. That day I decided to go and see Jesus. The day I decided to go get a word. The day I decided to, 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 to be in the community. And God moved in my life. And what was withered is now restored. 
What do you need God to restore today? Because guess what? You're here where there's the word and there's community. What do you need today? Do you need vision? Do you need direction? Do you need strength? Wherever you're at, if that's for you, I'm going to ask you to do what Jesus asked him to do. Stand. If that's you, if, you if, this is, if any of this is for you, I'm asking you to do what Jesus would have asked you to do. Stand. Do you need healing? Do you need restoration? Do you need provision? Stand. And I, the only thing I can think of of why Jesus would ask him to stand is because it was in this setting. It's the same setting we're in right now. And I think Jesus wanted to make sure that he didn't make a decision that the moment it got hard, he was just going to turn around. You know, I wonder how many times Jesus went to somebody and said, hey, stand up, and they wouldn't do it, so they didn't get their miracle. But this guy stood. I believe 2019 is the year of exceptional for every single person in this room. For those of you that are standing, I'm here to tell you that God is for you. He's not against you. The Bible says that every good thing is from him. But he wants good things. For I know the thoughts and the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. What do you need? Because God's here. His presence is in this room. All you got to do is stand. God, thank you for every single person standing. God, I thank you that your word has never returned void. That it has always accomplished what you have sent it forth to do. So for every single person standing in here, God, I thank you that they made a decision today in the valley, in the low place, in the hard spot, in the dry place. God, this decision that's going to lead them to the mountaintop where you are, to the, to the mountain of provision, to the mountain of healing, to the mountain of restoration. God, I thank you that right now we make a decision to follow you, to, to follow Jesus. No turning back. Doesn't matter how hard it gets. Doesn't matter how dark it gets. Doesn't matter how long it takes. God, we decide right now to follow after you, to give ourselves to you. God, I thank you for the people who need strength. God, that you are strength to the weak. God, that in our weakness, your strength is made perfect. God, thank you right now. Your strength is filling them from the inside, from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. And for the people that don't have vision, God, that you're opening their eyes. You're giving them a clear vision of who you've called them to be and where you've called them to go. God, I thank you for the people who feel like they're dislocated, who feel like they're not where they're supposed to be. God, I thank you that you are the one who made a way when there is no way. God, we thank you for everything you're doing in these people's lives. God, the 2019 is going to be the year of exceptional. God, I thank you that you are true to your word, that you've never failed us and you won't start now. God, I thank you because you are so, so good. You're so faithful. You're so faithful.